This is Mindful Conversations with Matt and Dr. Rob Cook. Thank you for tuning in to this episode 39. 39? 39 and counting, my friend. 39 and counting. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Yes. We watched a lot of football. Of course you did. That's what you do on... um, on Thanksgiving, you yeah. eat and you sleep and watch football. The Lions football. Yes, game. and in Ohio, and Michigan played. Ohio State, the Ohio State, got beat by the University of Michigan Wolverines. Yes, <laughs> and um, it's no secret around here. My wife, I've got a Sparty cup right here. Yep. my coffee cup, and my wife is a graduate, nineteen something, eighty something. Uh, from the Michigan State University, and as I said, it's it, it it's like swallowing an elephant to see Michigan, you know, win. But I told her, I said, you can't discredit good football. I mean, it's no, it's an can't. earned. I always say it's an earned win. Yes, and so good for U of M. I'm happy to see good performance lead toward a reward. I'm happy for both Michigan. And state when they do well. Well, we were we were talking pre-recording. Michigan State, um, you know, it's not uncommon in college athletics for there to be shenanigans. Yes, and the way things went down, you know, at the Michigan Michigan State game in Ann Arbor with the tunnel incident, yes. which I actually didn't look a lot into, but what I did see wasn't good. Nope. But the reality is, like you said, you're. you're you you got to have integrity in a program if you want to be successful. Yes. Yes. And so, but we're not going to, this podcast is not about sports, about sports, but no, Thanksgiving was good. Um, this is the day after the weekend. We went down to Augusta, Georgia to be with my daughter, um, Kaylin and her boyfriend, Spencer. They both stayed home from their respective oh, okay. families. And we took, Thanksgiving down in our car. So we drove down, um, cooked a, a really nice Thanksgiving dinner in the apartment. Good. Because we were going to go out. And I said, I've been alive 56 years. And to my knowledge, I've never not had Thanksgiving in a home, a family home. And I've never not had Thanksgiving dinner. It's always been turkey stuff. Oh, yeah. And mashed That's potatoes. tradition. So we decided to do it ourselves, and it ended up being fantastic. Perfect. We had no limits. It was like there was no – we're talking about boundaries, by the way, today. There were no No – there were no boundaries (laughs) in regard to, like, we had to eat by 2 p.m. We ate when the food was ready. Perfect. So there was no, like, Uncle Bill getting angry or hangry. Um, so it was nice. How about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. We had the kids. We uh, saw family members, and um, it it was really it was it was well. It was good. So this has been the topic of conversation amongst different people. What is the single item in the Thanksgiving meal, the menu, that is non-negotiable for you? This is the item that you have to have for your dinner. Oh, I'd have to think about that. The obvious choice would be the turkey, but I like the sweet potatoes and the way Sandy family fix them, fixes them with marshmallows and sweet yeah, yeah, potatoes yeah. and 
you know, and stuffing. So those, the turkey stuffing and those potatoes are like non-negotiable. Wow, you added, you had three. I said, what's the single I most? Know. And you're like, I have to clump together the three. That's fine. That's fine. That's good. But I never could count, and math is not my thing. Okay. Yeah, it's, you, you're the whatever guy. <laughs> for for me, it's the stuffing. But specifically, it was my it's my wife's recipe, the okay. way she does it. She does it with authentic wild rice, um, sausage, and the breadcrumbs and all that stuff. But it is so good. And that was the one item that they were going to cater out, like buy from the store. Oh, yeah. And I made I made a last-minute ditch effort to get them to make it from scratch, which they did. Oh, good. And everybody was happy because it was super good. So thank you. Shout out to Deanne for making her homemade recipe. That's cool. And then we left Keelan's boyfriend, Spencer. If you're listening, Spencer, here's a shout out. He's, by the way, a Commanders fan, Washington Commanders. Oh, and yeah. their quarterback, Henneke, is like, he's like on a six-game winning streak. Oh, yeah. And they're doing fantastic. So shout out to Spencer. Um, but we left him with all of the leftovers. <laughs> That's perfect. Because Keelan flew off to Europe for business, and then we drove out, and that left him with all the goodies. That's perfect. Just eat. And then uh, we just finished our drive back, 11 hours. I told you this, but 11 hours on the road yesterday. Boy, that does weird things to your mind when you oh, have to drive it? in the rain and the dark yeah. and everything. And so after a good cup of coffee, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm dialed in. Perfect. Okay, there's the Thanksgiving stuff. Uh, by the way, Odin was taken care of by my boy Jordan. He stayed home with Odin. and nice. They had a love fest. It was fun getting back to see Odin last night. Um, but today's topic, we're talking about boundaries. Yes. And uh, I wanted to start off this conversation <clears throat> with a an excerpt from a TED Talk. Okay. And this is um, from Dr. Sherry Gilman, and she is a marriage and family therapist. But I thought that her opening remarks were really on point. Good. So let's listen to this and then we'll come back. Everyone is in the middle of a life story and your story is being shaped by what you are saying yes to and what you are saying no to. Your yeses and nos are what boundaries are made of. So what are boundaries? How do we build them? How do we heal when our boundaries are violated? And how do we push through boundaries? These questions have been the center of my life and my work. When I was a little kid and my world was just my family, I was pretty sure we were the only ones struggling with those questions. And then I grew up and I became a family therapist. And I saw lots of people struggling with these questions. And when I took a detour and ran nonprofits, I saw communities and leaders struggling with these questions. So now I teach workshops and wrote a book to help people answer these questions. And as people answer these questions and learn more about their boundaries, I've watched hundreds of people make the journey from being overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed out to people who trust themselves and are decisive and are committed to healthy relationships. I'm gonna share some stories and some tools that you can use to strengthen your boundaries. 
Let's begin with the most essential boundary tool that everyone has. Take a moment and visualize a compass in your hand. It looks just like this. It has two words on it, yes and no, and only those two words. You use this compass to make your decisions, figure out your relationships, and set your boundaries for your whole life. Today I'm going to talk about how you can use this compass to place boundaries where you need them the most, lower your stress, and figure out your life's purpose. Now the key to placing boundaries where you need them the most is tolerating stormy emotions. I was raised by my grandparents, and my grandfather had one way of doing things, his way. <laughs> And when I was 24, he came to me, and he asked me to be the executor of his will. And I asked him, what was it he wanted me to do after he died? And when he told me, I got all this stress inside, because there were things I didn't want to do to other family members on his behalf. <laughs> and I really wanted to please him, but I couldn't say yes to all this stuff. So I told him, no, I couldn't be his executor. And he did what most people do when you tell them no. He got angry. You know, when you listen to your own yes and no, other people are going to get angry or they may get disappointed. Boundary setting will unleash emotions. And so there is this little excerpt from this 15-minute TED Talk about the idea of boundaries being something like a compass. Yeah. And it's really about the yes and the no. Yeah. And how then people around you, when you say yes or no, how it can cause a reaction. So that's what our conversation is going to be about. That's the great way to conceptualize it. It releases emotion. That's what really stood out to me when I listened to this was being prepared when I hold a boundary that it's going to cause an effect yeah in the in the relationship where I'm I'm saying yes or no yeah and that is yeah because you're you're putting up a boundary on my attempt to control you like I, the grandfather and that's what I got was the grandfather unbeknownst to her or himself was angry when she said no. Yeah. Yeah. And so she describes that um, if we're, if we're going to give a definition for boundaries, this is her definition. It is important for all types of relationships to have a boundary and to set those boundaries and considering the important relationship skills. So when, when you think about a boundary being a clear-cut psychological boundary or the standard by which we want people to treat us, it's more hard to identify that, she states. Psychological boundaries are also less fixed and changed depending upon circumstances such as a situation you may be in, one person's values versus the other, cognitive thoughts, physical, or even emotional capacity. So there's, there's a lot to this conversation about what is a boundary. Oh, yeah. Some of the literature um, 
uh, I think of Catherine from uh, 2010, they put it, a boundary is a limit or an edge that defines you as separate from others. Mm. And she defined it as simple yes or no, compass, what I'm saying yes to, what I'm saying no to. Which when you think about it, it probably does boil down to that that phenomenon, that dynamic, what I say yes to and what I say no to. I like it because it's simple. I do too. And But I have to be the steward or I have to be the one in charge of my boundaries. And you and I were talking uh, earlier before we started the, the recording is I said, I think of it more as the boundary or the fence is more about keeping things in than it is keeping things out. And, and you, from your point of view, it's both and. But the reason why I think in terms of, it for me, it's really based on my values. I've done a lot of work establishing what I believe is important for me. Yes. And then from that posture or leverage, I am able to conscientiously say yes or no to things that are around me in terms of others' expectations either for or on me. Yeah. And I've, I actually, um, I got this. This work started after reading a book called um, Spiritual Influence from Mel Lorenz. Uh-huh. And it's actually chapter 15 of that book that I really got this perspective about understanding everybody around me has an expectation for me. Yes. And if I don't manage all of those expectations, I will become overwhelmed. Definitely. That's what I was thinking. You connected your boundaries to values, which I think make them more durable. It is a matter of yes or no, but when I understand my values and I align my values to my boundaries, yes or no becomes more clear. Yeah. And it reduces stress. Because like you said, if I, if I don't have those boundaries, everybody's going to have expectations on me for something. Wow, you bring up a cool point. The idea of stress. Like every decision that we're talking about regarding boundaries could experience stress within me the one being asked to do something or go someplace or to perform something. And if I don't have my boundaries established, I could be dealing with stress of, well, what if I don't say yes? Right. Or, I, or what if I say no? There's that stress. Then there's the perceived stress that I think it may cause the other person. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about values and boundaries right for you. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. You do have to figure out what is right for you. I also recognize, like, I'm in a marriage relationship. I have to pay attention to the boundaries that she sets and, and kind of be a champion for helping maintain those boundaries for my wife, for my kids. You know, it's, it's a matter of yes or no, but I like that connection to their consequences, their emotional consequences to my yes or my no. And when the boundaries are value-based, I do think that part of my value is I take into consideration how my yes and my no impact other people. Uh, yeah, 
I think now you're talking about the need based on this article that I'm looking at from the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute, the idea of self-awareness. Yes. Is really critical in this process. I think so too. And there are, there are, as we have this conversation today, again, it's a big, broad topic, right? But this article talks about physical boundaries, behavioral boundaries, mental or emotional boundaries, relational boundaries that subcategories could be like work, family, marriage. Yes. Spiritual boundaries. Doesn't the scripture say do not remove the ancient boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so, so boundaries again, with my understanding as I'm developing this for myself, it is the key to protecting my identity. Because my identity is being formed within the boundaries I've established. So I'm not going external looking for somebody else's validation to form my identity. No, you're taking responsibility for the development of your identity. Yeah. Like we've often referenced from the helping in motion theory, the idea of maturity versus immaturity. Yeah. Of course, when I am immature, I'm going to lean on others to help me understand who I am. Yeah. You know, agreed. Agreed. But the, but, but the mature version of me over time starts to understand it's actually my responsibility to measure my thoughts and my behaviors being immature or mature. That's the self-awareness piece. We talk about that a lot as well. And then to be responsible for that helps me to be aware of what is my impact on the community that I live in? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that I am taking responsibility for my identity development. Boundaries are a significant um, portion of that, like you mentioned. And as I take personal development, I'm also aware, self-aware and other aware enough to know who should be influencing that and who should not. Yeah. You know, I didn't think to say this to you at the beginning um, when we were just talking, when we weren't recording, but I'll see if I can describe it. When I think of boundaries, Matt, if you have three circles, so to speak, there is a perforated circle mm -hmm. where anything can get in and out. That's not a healthy boundary. Right. Then there's a solid circle, which it keeps things in and it keeps things out. That's not necessarily a healthy boundary either. It's two all or nothing. Yeah. The boundaries that I think are healthy are kind of like a circle with a maze. You see those games where you track, mm -hmm. you, 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 you know, you try to get to the center of the circle through this uh, corridors that, that they make. To me, that's a healthier boundary. I just can't let anybody in and I just can't let anybody or keep everybody out. I have to have certain tests that I take responsibility for to help determine whether you're going to be a boundary violator or or help support healthy boundaries in my life. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I, I like that. It it is a little more complex than the simple model of yes and no, but I think it's appropriate. And again, this to me 
for my life has been something that I've had to cultivate. So I've had to cultivate knowledge about boundaries. I've had to test different types of boundary rules. And in my maturing, right, I'm not done maturing, but in my maturing, I've come to realize in a boundary sense, I'm not against you, meaning like, let's say I have, you represent a threat to my life. I'm not against you. I'm actually for me. Right. Your no isn't personal. The grandpa, her no wasn't personal to the grandpa. Right. He didn't even consider that what he was asking her to do was a violation of her boundary. Yeah. At the same time, there can be threatening people in relationship to you that your no is a, it is a posture of protection. Definitely. And I have to give myself the right to protect my decision-making based on my values. Yes. And to be able to govern how I interact with different individuals. Again, I'm not against the other person. No. I am for myself. Now that is a hornet's nest because especially with a narcissistic partner, right? it can create all kinds of challenges. Yeah, and I don't know if I can articulate it, but that's that maze, right? The mazes are the yeses and the noes. And I do think that boundaries are an issue of safety. We talked about self-awareness, right? And you're, you're referencing assertiveness. That, to me, is an issue of safety as well. It's like there are some people that um, are going to partner. They're not going to try and abuse boundaries. They're going to respect them. There, there will be a collaboration. Okay, so there is a category of people in our life that will actually have the maturity to respect your, your boundaries. I think not only will they respect them, I guess that's one and the same. Maybe it's six of one and a half dozen or another. I think they support them. And then they, they follow suit, right? So you and I are friends. I wouldn't think of anything about maybe touching base with you on a holiday and say, how's your holiday going? Mm -hmm. But we also work together. And so if I protected your boundary, I would think if it was just, if, if we didn't have the friendship, it would be like, yeah, there's no reason for me to contact my colleague Thanksgiving. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I see what, you you're, see what I'm trying I, to say. I, I see what you're saying. You know, and so... I'm going to, par um, one of the places I worked, they really did a good job of partnering boundaries. When you were on call uh, for a crisis or you went on vacation, they left you alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they partnered with, with you in these healthy boundaries because I'm like, I'm not taking business calls <laughs> when I'm on vacation. Oh, th now you're hitting, you're hitting one of my boundary areas that's tough for me because I was off on vacation last week, traveling down to Georgia. By the way, it was very warm and nice. <laughs> but I had a little bit of a guilt conscience of like being off work because in our line of work, we do have a continuum of care concept. Yes. And we are, in a sense, caring for our clients. And I had a couple clients in crisis. Right. So I had to continue managing, and I, I did manage that boundary well. I did have to let my partner, Deanne, know that I was, quote-unquote, working. 
And I was going to be distracted just a little bit, and I didn't want her to confuse that. Um, but there again, helping others, in this case, Deanne, be aware of that my boundaries are still in place, but because of an ethical yeah. gu- guideline in my work life, I have a need to stay open to a couple clients while I'm on vacation. Now, I didn't feel like I abused that. Right. Now, now my, my spouse might have, she might even need more explanation. I try to be open to letting her into my playground so she can better understand what, where my boundaries are coming from. Right. Right. And that's part of healthy communication and boundaries. Yeah. You're clear. You're straightforward about him. Um, you know, um, to her point, I think you have to accept the consequences emotionally and otherwise for when I set boundaries, but I agree. I agree. It's, it's your yes and your no. It's not poor boundary making to have a certain amount of flexibility. And that's why that metaphor of that maze is kind of important to me because it, it's the only way I could conceptualize a healthy boundary. You just can't, you just can't have a free flow right to the heart of the issue mm-hmm. and you can't keep everyone out. Neither of those are healthy. But that means a little bit of work and discernment about where to put the corridor and how to work your way towards the center of, that seems like what we're talking about, right? It's easy to say it's just a yes or no matter, and I think it is. I agree with her. But there are other factors oh, for sure. that in this conversation, that self-awareness, communication, assertiveness, um, you know, considering how others partner with you or hinder your boundaries, all of those are moving parts as well. Maybe we call that the mechanics of the boundary exercise. I'm cool with that. Let me ask maybe, let me probe a little deeper into this idea of boundaries. Could you maybe share a little thought about why we need boundaries? Like what's the essence of the idea of boundaries? For me, it's about safety. For me, it's about um, protecting intimacy, protecting self, protecting others as I'm in relationship. The boundaries are, like we talked about, necessary to keep certain things in so I don't just completely, um, what would the word be? You know, if I'm differentiating self and others, I get that, you know, I can't differentiate if I have no boundaries, it's just like a jellyfish. It doesn't work. Your skeletal structure is the thing that everything else hangs on. Yeah. And so boundaries to me are kind of like that skeletal structure to use another metaphor. And it's about safety. It's about, it's about protecting myself, um, developing identity. It's about, um, it makes it predictable. Right. So when when I meet your expectations, when you respect my boundaries, you get a sense of safety in that as well. So. Oh, yeah, I can see that now. Right. It's it it, you. I'm predictable in your life. Vice versa. We're predictable. That predictability helps me to establish boundaries. And if I violate them, 
you're not used to that, nor am I with you. That's where grace can come in because it's not a daily feature. We're not steamrolling each other or busting through doors or boundaries, right? So when it accidentally happens, you can have grace towards that. So for me, it's it's that measure of safety and that in that tucked into that concept, boundaries provide predictability. Mm-hmm. I know where the fences are. I know I know not to climb over a fence. Yeah. So safety is is a big word for you that establishes the essence of what boundaries are. I think so. Um, for for me, I would say this is in the category, and she talks about it further in her TED talk. But the idea is, I feel that my well-being, and I'm not saying that's disconnected from safety, my well-being or my self-care plan is at the basis, like taking care of myself. Yeah. I think God has given me responsibility for my soul. Yeah. Um, The scripture says, you know, what does it profit a person if they gain even the whole world and all of its possessions and all of its accomplishments, yet you lose your soul in the process so I've taken that literally to mean I have to be responsible for the care of my soul. So we, we talk about soul care or self-care. In order to be a good steward of the gifts that God has given me, I have to be aware of limitations. And this is what Pete Scazzaro talks about in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, the gift of limits. Yeah. I am acutely aware of I'm not... Superman. I am limited in my ability to help. And I have to stay within the boundaries of my ability that I don't overstretch myself and thus experience fatigue to the point where I start to lose my ability to be effective. Yeah. And ultimately lose the leverage of well being within me. So, what you're talking about are those internal boundaries. Everything for me comes from that deep internal space. And the stewardship of that. Am I hearing you well? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And uh, and from there is my leverage to move and live and have my being. Yeah. And that's where I can be, I, I used the word a moment ago, effective or productive. Yeah. Is Is because maybe my historical tendency in my insecurity was to make sure as a people pleaser, I was able to accomplish something that got accolades or got affirmation. And so those lines would be blurred, more like that perforated line. Yeah. And I would allow things to leak out and leak in. And and I was then left more vulnerable because I was now, I wasn't tethered back to my value system, my internal system. I was probably more adrift. Yeah. In the need for external validation. And so now I feel much more grounded. I like that word. Yeah, Much I do too. more tethered and grounded. Yeah. And, um, but that's been part of this maturity process, human so, development. So what we're talking about is really boundaries are a function of safety. They're a function of well-being. You have to steward them because if you don't, you reference the depletion of energy. If I'm a people pleaser, that's a slippery slope. I cannot, I cannot please all people at all times. Yeah, if 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 surely you know the 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 TED talk, 
um, presenter, if she would have yielded to her grandfather's request at 24 years old and been the steward of his estate and had to execute his wishes on other family members, she probably would have been overwhelmed. There would have been a consequence. Oh, there were, yeah, and she didn't, I mean, yeah, there would have been Ooh. consequences. Well, how about we say this? You are going to determine the consequences of the decisions that you make. And boundaries are going to help you predict those consequences. That means you got to have your your frontal cortex plugged in. <laughs> yes. You've got to reason through this. And like we always say, find safe people that will partner with you when you're deliberating on, on how and when to say yes or no. Yeah. And I like the fact, you know, we, you and I are just talking about the different facets of, or the mechanics of, but there is a lot of wisdom in what she said. That compass is yes or no. Mm-hmm. And you, and I do think you were wise early on to connect it to values. My values are going to determine my yeses and my nos. Well, when we went down to Georgia to have Thanksgiving with Kalen and Spencer, the value system that was running for me to say, do we go out to eat, which was our original plan? The reason why I was washing the dishes one night before we went down and we were making plans to go out to eat and nothing was really working out. But a deep value system for me was, wait a minute, we're good cooks and I really value being at home for Thanksgiving. That was a deep uh, value to my heritage. And so I presented the idea. I didn't coerce Deanne or, or Keelan. I just simply provided, this is what I would like to propose. Right. If the system were to vote for going out, I would have yielded and we would have remained a system working together but I made my appeal, and everybody seemed to be okay with it. Um, but I, I represented that the assertive communication. Assertive, yeah. assertive doesn't mean demanding right. or pounding or coercing. It just simply means, like, I'm, I have my personal rights up on my computer. I have the right to ask for what I want. And in that context, that's a, that's a boundary issue. It's like, I'm staying within my boundaries. I'm being respectful to other people, but I do have a right to ask for what I want. And I see that I, I don't want to muddy the waters, but tradition is important. Um, and you were protecting a tradition. And I would argue that the consequence we talked about, you know, taking responsibility for the boundaries. One of the intended consequences was intimacy. Yeah. You, you you did that as a family unit. Yeah. And then you had the fun of cooking and it it was enjoying the, the process yeah. as well as the benefits. The planning, the yes. shop, the shopping. Yes. Like getting all the ingredients and we did it together which I was really looking forward to. We did it as a but we all enjoy that. Right. And it was shared values. Not, and it gave uh, Spencer, mm-hmm. her boyfriend, a glimpse into her family. Yep. Absolutely. Which was really important because I don't know where they are in that relationship. But if it does evolve into something more, you're, you're marrying a family as well as an individual. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, I like that. And I, I don't think that my position within my boundaries, I don't have the right to establish what you should believe in. No, but you will influence it. That, that's that's true. I will I will be kind of in my my camp, if you will, will emit a light. Yes. And it will influence you. You may or may not like what you're experiencing. Right. My point is I'm okay with me and the choices I've made. Right. I'm not imposing my will on you. Right. You are invited to appreciate this, but that's your choice. See, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm just lobbying for something, but there's that that maze, mm-hmm. right? It isn't just a direct path to the heart of the circle. Right. These are mechanics that are necessary, mm-hmm. and the giving and the taking and the maturity helps you know helps us influence each other in a healthy way. Here's here's another personal right for assertive communication. I have the right to say no to requests or demands that I know I cannot meet. Yeah, say that again. I have the right to say no to requests or demands that I cannot meet. Yeah, and if the other person on the receiving end is healthy, they're going to say thank you. I have the right to change my mind. Yes, you do. I have the right to make mistakes and do not have to be perfect, right? Oh, yeah. I I like that one. (laughs) I have the right to follow my own values or beliefs. You know what? Again, I don't want to go on a rabbit trail here, but it just dawned on me. I don't know that I like the word right. Uh, But maybe this is a a thing for another uh, podcast, a topic. When you when you say the word right, I hear the word responsible responsibility. I have the responsibility Mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. In our culture, I feel like the the concept of rights, like it's creating tension. My rights versus your rights, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that it's serving us well. I have the responsibility to say no to you as a boundary. I have a responsibility to. So, you know, for what it's worth, for my transposing this, I'll have to think about it more because this is just a conversation between us. Yeah, absolutely. We're growing and learning too. Yeah, the idea, whenever I do this exercise with my clients, it's interesting because when I do have them, it's a worksheet. Right. And when they're reading these 25, it's called the Bill of Rights. Right, yeah. And when they say the words out loud to themselves, I have the right to say, I don't know. Yeah. When, when, and it's, I have the right, I have the right, I have the right to be playful. I have the right to be healthier than those around me. Yes. I have the right to feel safe and to be in a non-abusive environment. I think the point is that when people hear, I, I like, I do have the right. I, I have a God-given right to be me. Yeah. And then I'll tag on your thought, and now I have the responsibility to act on that. Yeah. I now have the responsibility to protect that boundary, being self-aware of my impact on the, the community around me. Yeah. 
Like this is not a right to do something to be abusive. Yeah. And it might just be a trigger word for me. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I'm not pushing back. It's just that I'm thinking, oh yeah, I do have a responsibility to those rights. Yeah. For me, I think responsibility comes after the understanding that it's a personal right. And then with knowledge of my right being a choice that I can make, am I aware of the responsibility I have as it pertains to consequences around me? Yeah. You're, you're putting in it, you're putting it in a sequential order. I just have to think about that. And that's what I love about you. You aren't automatically a sequential thinker. No, I'm not. And as we talk, it maybe starts to connect and because we really don't have a plan when we start these conversations. No, we don't. So this is, <laughs> this is literally unfolding as the podcast episode gets recorded. And um, that's why it's a conversation. But as we start to wind down this conversation, I would encourage if you're listening and you haven't done a deeper dive on the idea of boundaries, you, you might find it um, valuable to either listen to a TED talk or a YouTube or find, I mean, Dr. Henry cloud, of course, is like the, the author of the book. Boundaries. Yeah. He, he made it popular. You know, he made it popular, but he's not the author of the concept of boundaries. No. But, um, there's all kinds of needs in regard to why boundaries need to be part of your life, especially in regard to relationship. Definitely. Um, I would also say in terms of work life, um, because in America it's always, we want you to do more than you're being paid for. So the whole work home life balance concept is always a contentious um, issue, but you have to be able to understand what is your responsibility in your relationships, whether that's personal marriage, family, extended family, um, whether that's at work, whether that's at church, how are you, how are we being divided up yeah. in these different sectors of our life and really the barometer or the thermostat on this is how are you doing? Yeah. No, really. How, how are you doing? Measure like the fatigue level. Like, are you tired? Are you weary? Like, are you running out of gas? Yeah. Bound, boundaries help to keep you motivated saying yes to the right things, saying no to the wrong things, and being being in the sweet spot, if you will, of your life capacity. So A, you can be effective, be productive, but also this joy that Jesus talks about. Yeah. The joy that's within me, it's not leaking out in a negative way because of that perforated boundary line. Yeah. You're, you're talking about, I agree, looking at boundaries needs to be, I would say, mandatory <laughs> if you're going to be healthy. But stewarding your mental, emotional, a relational, uh, physical, 
being, time, um, words, stewarding your words, all of those concepts can be contained in that let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And it is a wonderful journey to be on, just to be on the path that leads to life. It leads to maturity. It leads to healthy development. Yep. Um, that's the path that you want to be on. And it's going to pay big dividends for you. It's paid big dividends for me. Yep. Me and, too. And I have had to fight for it. Yep. And, um, and to be able to be integrated into the assignments that, you know, I feel God has me planted on this planet to be involved in. Cool. Well, there it is. There's the ending point for this episode 39 on boundaries. We appreciate you listening in. Hopefully something that we have mentioned in this conversation has sparked an interest for you to explore the conversation a little bit deeper. Thanks, Dr. Rob, for being my co-host. It's an honor. And you have a wonderful holiday season. We bless what God is doing in your life.